Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to Sylvania Gals. I'm Margaret. And I'm Bridget. And we're glad to have you back this week. This week, we have a special guest. All our guests are specials, but um, this week, I have an old and dear friend who agreed to come on. I knew her uh, quite well, and when we lived together in central Pennsylvania, we were in a writing group together, which prompted so many interesting conversations, and she was so insightful with what, some of the things she had to say. <laughs> but she has since moved out to uh, Ashland, Oregon. I am saying Oregon, right, I think. You are saying it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the pod, Johanna. Thank you, Margaret, and thank you, Bridget. It's lovely to be with you both. Yeah. So how's, uh, how's life in Ashland? I, I, was, I noticed in your email that you said you saved the shower water for the garden. Wow. Wow. Yes. Do you yeah. have any idea how many gallons of water it takes until the, the shower water is warm enough to get in? It could be four, five, six gallons. So both my daughter, Jessica, who, by the way, just I live on her property in my own little cottage, but she and her husband, and when she's home, my granddaughter, shower, and we all save the water uh, in big buckets that you just kind of tuck, in my case, tuck under the seat in the shower. And then we use it to water the garden. You know, it's not soapy, you take the suds off, but it's gallons and gallons of water every day. We don't get rain from um, spring until maybe October, November, if we're lucky. With no rain. Yeah, we're in Southern Oregon, very close to the California border. And as I wrote to you, there are fires all around. So tonight there's a smoke advisory. A couple mm. of years ago, we had to wear masks for six weeks because you couldn't be outside with, without um, a mask. And last year was the Almeda fire, which began in Ashland and then raced up about 10 miles, taking out two complete little towns and I mean, I don't know how many thousands of people were displaced and some of them are still, there's, I mean, you drive through it, it looks like a disaster area. It's, it's a pretty serious um, threat. Uh, it's sort of like the pilot who says it's boring except for a few minutes of terror <laughs> every now and then to be the pilot of a plane. Um, but there's no place left on earth that doesn't have extremes now. Mm. I mean, look at what you just went through, right? Or are you in the middle of it? Are you through the hurricane? Or the tropical? Yeah, the hurricane wasn't that bad. Um, we didn't get, oh, we got rain last night. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get really affected by it at all. Well, I, mean, I have friends who live in Connecticut, for example, and, and um, posted a video and there's just torrents of rain coming across the street. I wish you could just put it in a pipeline and send it to us. <laughs> Yeah, I know New York uh, got quite a bit oh, of rain. Yeah. 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 And the subways, yeah, get flooded quite frequently now um, mm -hmm. with these rains. Um, it's everywhere. Yeah. But Philadelphia. For your generation to take care of, Bridget, we mm -hmm. haven't done so well. You get out there and engineer something for us, please. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, challenges. Mm -hmm. Many challenges we face. So uh, yeah, otherwise Ashland, I, get, I feel like has been pretty good for you. You seem to- Oh, it's wonderful. And trust me, I'm not living in a desert. It's lush, there are mountains. It's a mountain a town, or it's a city, it's 22,000 people. It's 
culturally exquisite. The Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is world renowned is here. And there are artisans and artists and galleries and holistic, and it's a beautiful place to live. And we do have irrigation thanks to the fact that this was all farmlands at one time. So they put in ditch irrigation from the snow melt. And um, so that's a little bit spotty now this year. That's why we're saving our shower water. Mm. Uh, so we have raised beds and are growing crops and um, it's lush out there. It's beautiful, but it's dry and it's totally bearable because it's very low humidity. Mm. It's, it's unlike, I mean, I've lived in the East all of my life, except for a few, one foray into California and then here for four years. And uh, you could not endure uh, high humidity and these kind of temperatures, but you just don't get that. So, right. yeah, right. it's a cool heat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, where do you want to go from here? You want to talk about what else is different between East and West Coast? You want to talk about some of her career? Or you want to jump right into subtle uh, energy topics? Uh, let's do the career. I mean, you're still busy doing, you're still busy. I'm right? editing. I'm editing, yes. In fact, I'm editing the fourth book of one of the members of our group from right. now, Four books she's had, three she's had published. This is the fourth. Is this, uh, is it, well, it's not a trilogy anymore then, or, or is this Whatever a new... you call a horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's a series <laughs> it's ending at four trust me we've gotten this family in kansas in the mid 1800s through a lot it's time for them to have a rest <laughs> yeah. and then yeah and then yeah. judy will go on and um, and do other things but that's yeah. not the only thing that i've edited i've had a wild fun time i sort of market myself as i go through life and um with my graphic design background and and that you know I go to a chiropractic doctor's uh, office and for a visit and end up doing his handouts and rewriting his copy and, and editing his book on you know how to adjust the lower back <laughs> I love it <laughs> it's really good yeah so you've done a lot of different things what's one of the most interesting projects or jobs you've had your background? One of the best that I feel strongly about was working at the University of Connecticut for quite a period of time. And I was the artist that did all of the visuals for a, this was in the 70s now, for a federal funded program that taught math to children who couldn't read up to the sixth grade level. And we did it all visually. They could not read. So they were called learning disabled at that time. And there were the, it was called Project Math. And it was before there was, we had a, a, a copier in the machine. So I, a copy machine in the office. So I would hand draw chicken after chicken after chicken <laughs> <laughs> and paste them onto these worksheets. And it was finally developed into a, a program that was adopted not only by schools in the United States, but also by the army and uh, was used in Europe. So it, it was wonderfully successful. And, and I had a wonderful time there. There were PhD candidate students uh, at the same time. And it was just a, a thriving environment to be in. Great people, still in touch with some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't see, I didn't know that about you. I'm we never shared so much between Margaret in our group. 
you know, we haven't shared anything. No, we can just talk about how we wrote. And you, as a, you're a fabulous writer. I, I, I would be blown away when I would. There was one play that you did, and you read. It was just. It, I just was astonished at how well you write. Yeah, yeah. you are a good writer. I've read yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. When I'm motivated to write, I wish I. I wish I was more motivated. I wish I. I'll edit you any time you want to start writing. Writing about your career must be interesting. Must be. Yeah, I don't feel like it's that interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know how to a make- A college professor? Yeah, yeah, I An mean- An engineering professor? Yeah, you give it to her, Bridget. You know, I've been to so many like little parties. Like when I go anywhere with, you know, Jim and somewhere and then we meet people for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an electrical engineering professor. And they asked Dr. Jim, what do you do? Well, I'm a Japanese historian. It's like, oh, that's so interesting. A Japanese. That's because they don't know what electrical engineering. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that just sounds like what? That could be that could be a groundbreaking book. I'm not only an electrical engineer, I'm a woman. Let me tell you about that. Anytime, Margaret, I'm ready. Not that you would need much editing, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, I will take that to heart, but um, yeah, maybe I need to tap into my subtle energy more. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's moving it, isn't she, Bridget? (laughs) Let me just jump in and and say the thing that caught my attention was the question, um, what is mindfulness? And that would kind of, if, if you agree, Bridget, is it of interest to you what this whole term mindfulness is about? Or would yeah, you rather yeah. talk specifically about something? Okay, I was thinking about that term mindfulness. And I was thinking, I've never really liked the term. I've never taken to it. Because if it means your mind is, is full, that leaves out the other aspect of your emotional body, your physical body your psychological body, if it's just your mind, you're leaving a lot of what makes each of us individual behind. And so it, I translated it or, or kind of amended it, um, that mindfulness, in, in my thinking anyway, just means being present or practicing being aware. Now, if you take the word mindfulness and you mind what you're doing, you, you pay attention to what you're doing. It's the same uh, definition. The question that you said, if we're supposed to be living in the present, what do we do about the future? There is no future until we create it. We are always right here. The past is dragged along through memories. The future is something we think we can plan for, and we can. But where we always are is right here. And right here is the reality that we create for ourselves. It doesn't exist outside of us. Uh, Life doesn't implode on you without your choices to, and and a lot of people don't know that they always have a choice on what what they can do. Doesn't mean they always have a choice on what happens in in the life that goes on, but they always have a choice of how they can look at it or what they can do with it or do they make lemonade out of it or do they get lost in depression it's always always a choice and it's how you come at those choices that makes the difference between um, a life that's well lived and loved which takes me right into your question about miracles (laughs) 
It's a miracle. It's a miracle we're right here. It's a miracle each of you made it. It's a miracle that I made it. Do you know how many gazillions of generations ended up producing this physical being that you're looking at? And this is true of you and of you. And we are all exactly the same. So the miracle of living in nature and looking, as you were saying, you were meditating with plants. What a beautiful thing to do. And you surely know that your kitties are, is it still just one or two? How many cats? We have just, yeah. She's very sweet that cat knows you better than you know yourself. Oh, we, uh, we, we, uh, you don't have to convince us of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, animals are a wonderfully overlooked link to the miracle of everything because everything is connected. Have you ever been a therapist? That was, I feel like I was getting therapist energy. Oh, I'm sorry if I sounded that way. I'm no, just, no, it was good. It was good. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, I just can't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that that would be something that you, I love the question about, um, you know, what did you what was it about um, ideas or questions you had as a young woman that you changed your mind? Yeah. About? I, I never really um, questioned in that sense. I always knew I would know. This is starting from being a very young child. But I, I did have this, at a certain point, this child, like uh, wait, not being able to wait until I grew up because I figured grow ups, grown ups would know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, I feel like a lot of kids have that. Yeah, know. and you think you're going to reach a magical age and then all yeah. of a sudden you'll follow me. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you just keep thinking that because that's how it's going to work, Bridget. It's, that's how it does work. Um, and so from the vantage point of, you know, eight decades of living, I find out that the wisdom is a process of having been alive. That's it. That's where it comes from. Yeah. There's not so many questions as there are being open to receiving the answers because they're everywhere. Right. Well, so when did you kind of start uh, realizing uh, this meditation? I mean, were you always, uh, did, like, like I said, like, like, did you have angsty teenage years? Or were yeah. You were you, they're, they're pretty uh, traditional. I was you know, five feet tall five feet 10 inches tall and uh, <laughs> that was agony <laughs> now Bridget this was in the 50s okay uh-huh it's an entirely different world then right. but if you were if you were taller than five three oh, the, wow. the, the world was frightened of you I mean really there were no clothes that fit so you'd have to learn how to sew your own kind of thing wow yeah thank goodness life has changed yeah <laughs> um I really got, I really, I knew about being curious, but I really um, got into it when I read Castaneda, uh, Carlos Castaneda, uh, and that just started it, and then it's never stopped, and one of the greatest um, things that I've ever done is edit for Cynthia Andrews, and her husband Colin Andrews is the the crop circle genius. He's the, the only person in the world who's categorized and cataloged all of the crop circles. You know about the crop circle phenomenon, Bridget? I don't know. I feel like Cynthia Andrews sounds familiar. Well, she wrote the book. We, the oh, books okay. we were, yeah, right. we have two of her books and that's what we were using for and, meditation. Uh, what, good, what a good story. As um, well as the meditation for children. We, we 
I, when oh, the kids good. were young, I bought the meditation, uh, yeah, for kids, full of wonderful meditations for children that I used a lot. What a, what a good thing to do. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. knowing Cynthia and Colin, Cynthia for like over 40 years, um, I met her at UConn, uh, has been such an honor. I'm, I just can't tell you. And editing her material is, you know, I do everything. I do the, the, um, the meditations and the everything so by the time I get finished editing I'm just filled with all of the richness of her beautiful insights and her intelligence and her understanding so that's probably that's that's like having a mentor that's always there that's really quite wonderful yeah and, and I heard I've heard I remember you also talking about this book by Castaneda Carlos Castaneda. Yeah, it's, yeah. A long, it's a series of books. It's it's pretty classic. Um, uh, it's about a fellow who was at in in California, I think the University of California, who went into Mexico to study um, the Yaqui way of knowledge. That it was just perfect. I was young and I was um, just ready. And he writes as though at times you want to yell and say, you don't get on with the question or get on with what happens next. But he, that was deliberate. I even had the, the pleasure when I was living in California to meet him, not personally, but to see him. It was fascinating because that just did it. That, that was really, really um, jumping into it. And then I did a lot of stuff, body work things that, because. Um, mm -hmm everything that we are and everything that we do or think or say or feel is energy. It's all energy. It's energy vibrating at a rate that we can perceive one another. But there's subtle energy, which is <clears throat> a little bit different, um, which all of us have access to through our senses, but do not know enough to recognize that it is subtle that this is what we're experiencing. For example, I'm sure you've had the um, occasion to know who's on the phone before you answer it. And not just caller ID. No, long before caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> or have you ever driven along and all of a sudden you think, I wanna take that, that road or I wanna take this exit rather than continue. I always listen to that. I always listen to it because it either means I don't know, maybe you've avoid, avoided an accident or maybe there's a treasure down that road that you would ordinarily not find. You listen to your inner wisdom, to your intuition, which is really, really an important thing to know. That's where the validity lies. I actually, I, uh, this brings back a, a memory that I've always kept when, uh, when we first started meeting in the library in Lewisburg and so it might've been the first or second time I met you, those early meetings. And yes. I would bring Bridget with me to the library and she would go to the children's and I would go into the room with all the adults and we'd talk about writing. And, you know, I'd get a little concerned, like, you know, she was only eight or nine and I thought, should I check on her? And, you know, I was just thinking about checking on her when she walked in. <laughs> That's it. And I, she walked in and she's and, uh, you know, came up to us and I said, oh, I was just thinking about you. And you said, oh, what a lovely thought. You know, <laughs> like I was thinking about her. And, and, she that's, why, and that's why she came to you. And that ha that can happen all the time. Uh, it's just that we have our minds so chock full of thinking that we have no room for anything else. And we think that what we think is the truth. 
and we think it's important. And I really believe the full meaning or, or value at the very least of meditation is that you just get to be quiet enough so that the wisdom that can come up out of your experiences and out of your living and out of your knowing can rise and all of a sudden you have an insight or you have a, a question or you have a, something answered that has been bothering you, but we have to be quiet enough. And that's what the meditation does, just to be quiet. Yeah. Cynthia and I meditate uh, every full moon and every new moon. In fact, we're meditating this evening when I finish chatting with you folks because it's um, a new moon. And um, I can feel her energy when we join. 3,000 miles away and I can feel it. And if you, if you know those pictures where if you look at them kind of crazy, it makes oh, yeah. them, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it visually. I've never been so long. What do they call them? Mag well, we used to call them magic eye pictures. Like, yeah, yeah there's a 3D, yeah. Okay, so what you're doing is taking a, something that you normally do, like focus when you're looking at something and yep. you're not engaging it. Try doing that with your mind mm -hmm. and sense the things that come to you as a result of not always sending it through the, 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 um, the mind filter that has to make sense of everything, that likes to be in charge, that needs to tell you what to do. Just, you know, be cool and you'd be amazed. You'll have physical sensations, you'll have realizations, you'll suddenly think of something that you know, you wouldn't have thought of before. I had a lovely acupuncture session yesterday. There's also wonderful holistic stuff here available. And I used acupuncture. And at the very end, this beautiful blanket of old fashioned roses in loving gold and pinks just came up over me like a bed of roses. If I'd been thinking, I would never have seen that. I see it in my head, a healing color. It was comforting. It was acceptance i mean life's a better roses right isn't it wow. <laughs> or something like that isn't that lovely so does this take does that take practice because i feel like when i'm no, out I, I feel better afterwards but like not as profound as you feel i think no no i there's no there's no profundity to my feeling it's it's become second nature uh, to yeah. do it and it's like do you play the piano occasionally and you sit down, you have to think about where middle C is. You put your hands on it and you play. Yeah. Same thing. If you make, if you, every, anything you start, you have to do with a little bit of practice. But yeah. you don't have to meditate for 30 minutes. You don't have to choose a specific thing. You just sit down for 10 minutes while you're waiting for the subway. And you just let go of, the minute you start thinking a thought, you say, okay, I can let that go. And you just kind of find a place that's quiet. And that leaves the space for wisdom to show up. It cannot come where the house is already filled. It just, there's no room. Mm -hmm. You know, the old saying, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Mm -hmm. I like a mind as a terrible thing. <laughs> 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 just insist on being boss. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's always, yeah, I, I know with me, there's always a lot of stuff up there. That... That's because you know a lot. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, you do. And what I really appreciate about hearing the two of you is that, it, and I said it, it's the respect that you have for one another. 
Bridget, you have an entirely different take on some things that Margaret doesn't try, your mom doesn't try and push you into her way of thinking. At sometimes it's just an acknowledgement. It's never, um, you know, oh, well, what about? And so you're, you're a free spirit because of it, which is absolutely exquisite. Did a good job raising your kids, Margaret. Well, yeah, she was always a free spirit, even as a small child. <laughs> I don't know what she, yeah. She's going to have the most wonderful life. I mean, this is, oh my this, gosh, this is so good for you. Uh, it, this is all yours looking forward to, really. Yeah, well, the past year has been a little challenging, yeah. that's for sure. Well, I've been home. I like, I didn't go to school. So. Like all of us. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, yeah, a lot of people my age went to school. Um, was it, how would you evaluate this year in terms of what you gained from it or hated about it or felt restricted by it or felt freed by it? I mean, I just felt very unproductive and I hate feeling unproductive, but that's probably, you know, what and you're saying. The what were you not, awful. Yeah. What were you not doing that you wanted to be doing? Well, I, it's more like what I was doing. Like I was just doing like puzzles all day in my free time. I feel like that's not um, very exciting or, you know, you making memories. Mind to get ready for the big push. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, well, if I could interject here, I think one, the big issue is she's been kind of isolated from people her age. I mean, not entirely, of course, there are. But I mean, in, she has, you know, your first year of college, you're supposed to meet all kinds of new yes, people of all kinds of, and have all kinds of strange conversations, you know, meet people from, you know, all over the country, all over the world. Yes. And that, that didn't happen. <laughs> so it's happening. Um, it's going to be happening this fall, though, right? You're going to be in person at school. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You'll doubly so, appreciate it, Bridget. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I appreciate it too. Yeah, you. but I got to spend a I got to spend a lot of time with my mom. Perfect. And yeah, you'll always have that. Yeah. 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 Did the podcast come out of this available time to be together? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, it did actually because it was like a night in March. I was just like bored, same day over and over. Want to start a podcast, Mom? <laughs> Go. Why not? Well, it's perfect. It's a wonderful thing to do. And I yeah. hope that there are other, you know, co combinations of people in a family, for example, who might be doing the same thing. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good way to kind of, you know, have interesting conversations and keep a record of them. Actually, we didn't talk, you know, one of the things we usually start off with was uh, what has your COVID experience been like? But you know, how have your, how was your life impacted by it? Or, I mean, you've, you've probably it, seen so it, much. It was blissful. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it, I mean, I you don't want to leave, huh? You don't, you don't want it to be over yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I live in, a, in beautiful surroundings. Um, my family is close by living in Ashland, Oregon. We actually have family here. My brother and his wife and his his um, younger son and their family. We didn't have that. We were equidistant from everybody when we lived in Pennsylvania. Um, 
we observed very, very strict COVID precautions. We did not mess around. I did not go into a grocery store until a month after my second shot. And it was like entering a whole new world. But you know what? Yeah. It's as though nothing changed to it. Like time stood still. Right. Yeah. But except for one little period where I felt kind of antsy, um, I, I didn't, but it didn't, it did not impact me at all. I, I always was productive. I was always doing something. And if I wasn't doing something, I was reveling in doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> really. And so I guess, but of course, the um, the internet has made it possible to sort of keep connected uh, professionally. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and a Zoom call is almost as good as being side by side. Mm -hmm. It's just wonderful. Yeah. We stay you really think that? Better than just a telephone call. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. And it's not as good as being next to somebody, but it's a great um, alternative. Right. Yeah, you can't. You all you can do though is sit and talk. You it, it's good for a conversation, but it's not good for like hanging out with someone. You know. Yeah. When you, when you hang out, Bridget. What? <laughs> what do you do when you hang out? Well, just walk around, go out to eat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it just requires you to be a little bit inventive. Um, do you have meaningful conversations when you hang out? Sometimes, maybe. Sometimes, yeah. 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 Well, I think when it was one on one like this or two on one, yeah. I think it's useful. But, you know, if you go out to dinner with a group and you want to, you know, have a conversation with one person and oh then, my God. yeah, have a conversation. You know, she, the banquets. Yeah. Online. Yeah. She's going to online banquets and I don't think it's the same. What, connected with school? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, I've, I'm like, yeah. That's, <laughs> that would be challenging. <laughs> Yeah. But when you have people in your life whom you cherish and people that, um, you know, that you're really interested in what they have to say about things, conversation is the way that that gets transferred one to the other. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, I have people I can talk with of that nature. Probably wouldn't be a good person to hang out with a Bridget. <laughs> but well, that, well, that's cool. So do, do you have plans now that, uh, you know, the the pandemic's coming to an end, we hope. Well, um, believe it or not, I've yet to be to the coast. I've yet to get to the coast. Oh. And like, that. Wait, you haven't been? I have not. I, you don't need to know all the details. It just hasn't been possible. All in good time. I'm very content. I really am. I'm quite content. I don't mind being alone. I'm not lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I have loving family. Um, I have great friends that I always can have a chat with and um, it's, it's a good life. I, I don't know if I put this question on the list, but I did thought, think about it because uh, of your experience and you know our, our relationship in writing. What, what do you think makes good writing? Is it something that can be defined, good writing, or is it, do you just know it when you see it? Well, I like that you extended that to the relationship between that question and questions about art, because they're both art forms. Mm -hmm. right? And there are certain quote, air parentheses here, rules to good design, spatial relationships, thinness, thickness, softness, um, you know, things like that. There are probably is just the stringent 
set of rules for writing, I think each one of us becomes a, a, our own personal critic. And you like what you like, and you know when it's well-written, and you know when it's not. You know when it's worth reading, and you know when you don't read it anymore. A couple of the books that have been suggested, I just stopped halfway through and said, I don't, I don't care for the way this is being written. I think it's specious arguments. I think the person place is, is not being um, verified. And so I don't read anymore. It's like not having to watch the rest of the movie. In terms of art, which I've done a lot of uh, artwork as well, you make the, the elements that have traditionally and classically defined themselves as the basis of, depending on the era too, um, is the perspective, uh, perspective lines correct? Or if they're not, is the person deliberately throwing the house out of proportion or whatever? And then all of that gets tucked down inside of you, just like Bridget, you know, how to put your hands on the piano. You don't have to go back to practicing scales to know what the names of the different keys are. Or Margaret, you don't have to review, you know, page one of how to be an electrical engineer. You already know so much stuff that then you go from there and you can almost draw on it as well, on draw on it at will and know that you have the backing to do so, but you don't have to keep it up here. And that frees you to open up a new world of looking at things. I have one painting in here. Um, when I moved to Pennsylvania, Bridget, from, although I was born and raised on the East Coast, I lived in California for a few years and then moved back to Pennsylvania. I was blown away by how green it was after living in Southern California, which is irrigated green, but not, yeah. not green. I, you know, the, the fields that the Mennonites and, um, and the Amish plow, it looked like this quilt it was so beautiful in central Pennsylvania. And so I started doing watercolors then um, and learned the basics of it, but then realized you could spend hours dabbing paint on something and get nowhere. But if you just said, okay, I'm gonna put that aside and then I'm going to just be free, what you end up with is so much more valid um, it's just amazing. It's, and it's a, true about writing too. I think I don't write that much. It's like I would be a good art critic. I don't do that much artwork, art but, I'd be, but I'm, I'm, I would be valuable as a, doing a critique of it. In the writing, when I am moved to write, I almost step aside and let the words create themselves because they're there. Like if you have characters, I noticed this in, in um, editing fiction, for example, I see what's happening as a, oh, it's a moving picture. If something is lacking in continuity, it sticks out like a sore thumb. And then you say, oh, that's not good writing there. But if you're not jolted or, or disturbed, if you can follow it, if you can feel it, if you know that there's validity to what the characters are saying or to the way the tree is presented, that's good writing, that's good art. And it's all personal preference. Mm, it right. has to be. If you want to put up a piece of art in your room, you don't give a hoot what anybody else thinks about it because it's not a right piece of art to put up. It's what you like. Always what you like. Now there's a way to hang it too high or to hang it too low. But as far as what is on that, if you like it, boom, it's valid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In in practically everything in life, I would think. 
Yeah. Although the, the museums, art. you know, the, the art museums have a say on what they think is good art. That's their say, and that's what they like, and they're entitled to it. <laughs> and you yeah. go to them to see what that particular genre is about, but that doesn't mean it's everything. I yeah. see museums are, what the heck is this in a museum for? Oh, you go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Some crazy stuff in there. Yeah, and, and <laughs> why is it there? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I protest. I've done some of those virtual tours uh, of MoMA, for example. Why is that there? What is it about it that yeah. could possibly recommend it other than somebody sold someone a bill of goods or, you know, that's a whole different story. Yeah. I yeah. always remember going to the Barnes Foundation and the guy, uh, Barnes, I guess, who started, you know, his, it was his art collection. But um, he could stare at art. He was a big art enthusiast and benefactor of uh, the arts, paintings and stuff. But and he collected a lot of Renoirs. But apparently he that's what he, what he did was stare at art. Like some people read books in the you know 1900s and some people, I don't know, went to taverns or played games, but he could look at a piece of art for hours. Like that's oh, and every, and every time you look at it, especially if it's your own work, I have some of my own work up. Every time I look at it, I think, why did I do that? Because I wasn't conscious of doing it at the time. Staring at it is an education every single minute you spend with it. Yeah. And if you take a piece of art that you particularly like, either something you've done or that an, um, someone else has done, and look at it every time with an awareness, you know, use your, let your mind go and let your other beings come into, not beings, other essences come into being. Um, you'll, you'll be asking questions like, this is perfection. Why do I feel that it is? What is it? How is it impacting me? Does the color have an effect on me? Is it how it does this instead of that? Is it the, where it doesn't have anything in it? Is the negative space just as important as the positive space? Yeah. All those things are labels to define it. But if you like it, try putting words to why you like it. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we covered a lot. Anything yeah. else you want to know? You want to know about the rocks? I still have the crystal you gave me. Which the, one was it? I think a rose quartz. Oh, how lovely. Do you know why that I gave that to you? Um, is symbolized unconditional love or something? Especially mother love, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we still have it in our kitchen. I still is it really that time? My goodness, it's flown. This is oh, so much yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. This has been a wonderful, wonderful treat for me. Yeah. So. Keep in touch, Bridget. Are you going to continue doing this after you're in school? It's <clears throat> Yeah, we're trying we're trying to record a lot before she leaves. Yeah. But maybe you could have a Zoom once a month and just, you know, let us know what's yeah. going on. Because as I say, you are our future and we're vitally, vitally invested in you. Yeah. Pretty wonderful yeah. what you have ahead of you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you, Johanna. Yeah, I, I would love to uh, chat again sometime. And yeah, anytime, I'm a zoom away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds awesome.